Walter Sports Bar is the spot to watch the NFL in the Navy Yard neighborhood. They preset all indoor TVs and seat first come, first served. Visit waltersdc.com slash NFL for more information. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And the rookie center fielder stands in for the Dodgers. And he get 253 in 132 games. First pitch, belted. Deep right field. Way back. Going, going, and gone. Goodbye. To the back of the Nationals bullpen. It's straightaway right field. And for Trevor Williams, he surrenders his National League leading 34th home run of the year. Worked a third of an inning here on Friday night. Two walks, a hit, a strikeout through 18 pitches. And a swing and a line drive into center field. A base hit off the curveball. Muncy scores from third. They hold up Hayward as was charged by Young, who got it in quickly. And so Roas, a single to center. They play station to station. The bases will still be loaded with a run home here in the fifth. It's now the Dodgers five and the Nationals two. And welcome to Nats Chat for Monday, September 11th. 2023, along with MassInSports.com Nationals insider Mark Zuckerman, who was at Nationals Park. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. So rain pummeled so much of the Mid-Atlantic region for so much of the weekend. The result here in Washington, D.C. was a series that has to go down as one of the rainiest series in Nationals history, maybe the rainiest. And I'm not talking about Tanner rainiest. I don't know that we can look up the extent to which any series has been rainy. Maybe Baseball Reference needs to add that to that great website. But the Nats on Sunday afternoon lost to the uh, National League West leading Los Angeles Dodgers 7-3 at Nationals Park in a game that featured yet another rain delay, this one of 58 minutes, bringing the total rain delay time in the series to a staggering six hours and 42 minutes. Unbelievable. This episode of the Nat Chat Podcast is brought to you by ShirtGood. Make sure that you visit ShirtGoodHQ.com. Great selection of custom DC novelty t-shirts. The Nats did lose this series, lost two or three games against the Dodgers. Nats now have lost 10 of their last 13 games. The record for the season is at 64 and 79. That is the third worst record in the National League. Mark, you have covered this team since it came to D.C. Can you recall a Nats series marred by rain delays the way that this series was? This really became almost comical. Yeah, this may be the first one where we had three days and three delays. I do feel like there have been some other ones that at least felt as bad in the moment, maybe because they had a really long rain delay and then the game was canceled. 
So that required a double header the next day or completion of a suspended game, that kind of thing. I feel like we had a stretch in maybe September of 2018, which was the end of a season that was supposed to be good and obviously wasn't. And so they were playing out the stretch and it really got bogged down, not just here, but I think in Philly too, that was the blowtorch game, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, but purely three days, three games in this ballpark, this felt as rough as any of them. And honestly, outside of some exciting moments on Saturday night and the extra inning win, a lot of the baseball that we saw as well was pretty stale and really not a whole lot to get excited about. They trailed early. They never really mounted much of anything in the way of a comeback. And it just, for the first time all year, it felt like they have games that need to be played and they're just going to play them until they're completed. And hallelujah when it's over, right? (laughs) Well, there's no doubt we are in the midst of a September swoon and uh, things are not going well. The team is not playing well. And, uh, you know, I guess you could say this series could have been worse because the Dodgers are really good. So you could have gotten like thrashed in all three games. That did not happen. But yeah, I mean, the Nats for a couple of weeks now have not been performing particularly well. Well, you mentioned trailing early. I know you've been noting this on Twitter, the extent to which the Nats have been giving up first inning runs. The Nats ended up giving up at least a run in every first inning of this homestand. Now have done so in each of the team's last 10 games. This really is something. And the starting pitcher for the Nats in the 7-3 loss to the Dodgers on Sunday afternoon was Trevor Williams. And, uh, you know, I just used the phrase September swoon. The Trevor Williams swoon to his season continues. Another rough outing for him. He officially allowed six runs in four into third innings. He gave up eight hits, a solo home run, a double, and six singles. He issued four walks, one of which was intentional, issued a hit by pitch, had four strikeouts. He, over his four into third innings, threw 101 pitches, 55 strikes. That was it versus 46 balls. Trevor Williams now this season has allowed 34 home runs. That is the fourth worst total in the majors. And as we have discussed, his season, which had been in a pretty good place not that long ago, has just fallen off. First 11 starts this season, ERA of 393. Next 17 starts now, ERA of 643. And obviously, 17 starts is not some microscopic sample size. That's a good chunk of your season. He, for a good chunk of his season now, has pitched to the tune of an ERA of nearly six and a half. Now that Mackenzie Gore's season is over, I don't know that the Nats have any option other than to keep putting Trevor Williams out there. It's not like he has that many more starts that he would be making anyway. But geez, this is quite the fall off for this guy these last few months. Well, yeah. So we talked the other night about Jake Irvin and how over a significant stretch, it may have even been 17 starts or 15 to 17 starts where he has turned it around. And you say that's a large enough chunk of the season to say this is legitimate what he's doing. So on the flip side, yeah, what Trevor Williams has done over the same amount of time, essentially half a season, has really not been up to par. And it's been a problem. I know he's had a couple of good ones in there. The game in Williamsport was really good. He had one other good one beyond that. But most of the time when he takes the mound, it's kind of that Patrick Corbin feeling of, well, they're probably not going to win this one, or he's probably going to dig them into a hole and you just hope he can get them deep in the game. Corbin at least gets him to the fifth, sixth inning. Williams has not even been doing that. And so it's become a chore to watch these starts. And with all due respect to Trevor, who I think is trying to put a a positive spin on this as much as he can, his quote to us after this game, talking about the home run that he gave up, 
He said, quote, truly, I thought that was the only mis-executed pitch I threw today. Okay, that's 101 pitches. You outlined it, four walks, 13 base runners. Even if you believe that to be the truth, it's not a good look when you've got a 544 ERA, when you're struggling to the extent that he is over a long stretch of time, when you define your job as giving your team a chance to win and you're not doing that on a regular basis. I would have liked to see a different answer from him on something like that. I thought that did not come across very well. It is a two-year, $13 million contract to which the Nats signed Williams as a free agent this past December. Given the ownership situation, it would seem to be highly unlikely that the Nats would just cut ties with Trevor Williams this offseason. He would figure to be back in some form next year. Best guess right now, do you think he will begin the season in the rotation, or do you think that there's a really good chance that the Nats begin him in the bullpen for next season, in part because of the young pitchers who you hope you know ascend to being in the rotation, but also because of the way that Williams is pitching right now? We've talked about Jake Irvin pitching his way into the season opening rotation for next year. Do you think Williams is potentially pitching his way out of the season opening rotation for next season? Well, let me read you another quote happens to be on that subject from the manager, Davey Martinez. And this was before the game. And it was in response to a question about Williams' workload because he's gotten to a point that he hasn't been since 2019 with the Pirates because he had not been a full-time starter in the big leagues in a while. And so we've talked about the young guys watching their workload. He's also watching it for Trevor Williams. But at the end of that quote, where he's describing how they're going to approach this, he says, this is from Davey Martinez, I keep an eye on him throughout the games. But we definitely want to keep an eye on him as well because he's going to be here next year and he's going to start games for us next year as well. Yeah, but we definitely want to keep an eye on him as well because, you know, he's, you know, he's going to be here next year. Uh, he's going to start games for us next year as well. Now, maybe that's just a manager saying nice things about a guy at the end of the season and not really being able to know here on September 10th what the state of the rotation is going to be come April 1st, 2024. If things develop the way that you would like them to, and you've got Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, maybe not Cade Cavalli on opening day, Jake Irvin, as we've discussed, even Joanna Doan has done well. Maybe Jackson Rutledge is in the mix by then. Maybe they make a move for someone else in the offseason. And then there's still Patrick Corbin, who has another year on his contract. It seems hard for me to believe that Trevor Williams is just guaranteed a rotation spot to start next season. Now, they're not going to eat the contract. But because he's been a, a swingman before, he's been a reliever before, it would seem natural to wonder if he might be headed that way. Now, maybe to begin the year, he's in the rotation, but then he's the first guy to go whenever they make a change or when Cavalli's ready, whatever that might be. But I don't think that he has shown enough or that the contract is such that it demands that he be a permanent fixture in the rotation the way that maybe it's been for Patrick Corbin the last few years. No question. And I guess you would say this too. It would seem unlikely that next season, the Nats will enjoy the remarkable in-season starting pitching health that the team has enjoyed this year. And we always say in-season because Cade Cavalli had to undergo Tommy John before the year. And obviously, there's the Steven Strasburg predicament. But boy, it would seem, I mean, I hope this happens, but it would seem highly unlikely that you're going to go through next season the way that you've gone through this season with you know, so many of your starting pitchers staying so healthy throughout the year. So in theory, Williams will end up making some starts. The idea, though, would be, is that by design or is that just by necessity? Like, is he the new Paolo Espino where he has to eat up some starts or is he actually a fixture in the rotation for a good chunk of the season? But yeah, I mean, 
if there is such a thing as pitching your way out of being in a team's rotation for the following season, I don't know how this isn't it. An ERA of 643 over 17 starts as the season progresses. Hey, Nats Chat, let me tell you about our episode sponsor this week, ShirtGood. ShirtGood makes t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hats with funny niche, if you know, you know designs about DC, the Nats, baseball, music, dive bars, and more. Some of our favorite designs are, we'll always have 2019 with that unforgettable Houston foul pole, the DC street signs for Half Street Southeast, Georgia Avenue, U Street, and more. That disclaimer about this copyrighted telecast, support your local dive bar, mugs with four use only, an embroidered cap with that government issue pen, and a lot more. Check them out at SureGoodHQ.com or on Instagram or Facebook at SureGoodHQ. That's at SureGoodHQ. NatChat listeners can get a special discount as well by using the promo code NatChat. That's NatChat, like our podcast, for 15% off your next purchase at shirtgoodhq.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here's your Dylan Cruz update for the game played Sunday in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Cruz leadoff center field, one for four with a strikeout, 169 average through three series so far. The Senators lost five to four to the curve. Now back to Mark and Al. 1-0 delivery. Line drive over the leaping third baseman. Keeboom, it's fair down the line. It hugs the sidewall and goes toward the corner. Freeman chugging for 30s, getting waved in. A lose throw in is cut off. The throw to the plate is not in time. And it's now 7-2 Los Angeles. RBI double, Kike Hernandez scoring Freeman from first. And the Dodgers add to their lead. So this series for the Nats against the Dodgers ended up being a series in which Davey Martinez used his relievers a lot. We've been talking about this. Six relievers were used in the 8-5 loss on Friday night. Five relievers were used in the 7-6, 11-inning win on Saturday night. We had three relievers used in the 7-3 loss on Sunday afternoon. Mason Thompson officially allowed a run in two-thirds of an inning. He faced five batters but got just two outs. And yet another bad outing for this guy who just is not in a good place. And, you know, for every one good outing, it feels like Thompson has three or four bad ones right now. We then, though, got Joe LaSorsa. Joe LaSorsa was just brought back up from AAA Rochester on Saturday afternoon. He ended up tossing three and two-thirds scoreless innings with four strikeouts in this game. And then the only other reliever who was used was Jose A. Ferrer, who faced one batter and got one out. You know, when we're watching these games, 
you always play little games with yourself, at least I do, of like, okay, is now the time that Davey pulls the pitcher or not? And with Lasorsa, I kept saying, well, this has got to be it. No, he's back out there. Well, this has got to be it. No, he's back out there. This ended up being one of the longest outings for a Nats reliever this season. You get why, and credit to Lasorsa, he did well, but that was something. I mean, we've grown accustomed to Davey using relievers for an inning at a time, sometimes even less than that. This was, you're a long man today, Joe. Go out there and consume some innings because we don't have many other options beyond you right now. Yeah, he said they went into it hoping for 45 to 50 pitches and he even topped that, got to 51. And that's a case where, hey, it's going well. He's getting quick outs. He says he feels all right. Okay, kid, go back out there. See how much more you can give us. And that was a very underrated part of this game that hopefully has a positive effect on the rest of the bullpen for the next few days because the arms that were saved in what was you know really an unwinnable game now they are available on Monday night if they're in a position to beat the Pirates Tuesday as well. So it's a thankless job. Lasorsa is in a tough spot right now. He's the odd man out anytime they need to make a move. He's been sent up and down a bunch of times here lately. He joked that he doesn't always remember where he is. He says he wakes up in the morning, has to remind himself or figure it out what city he's in and who he's playing for, whether it's the Nationals or the Rochester Red Wings. Good for him for taking the right attitude for it. It's not easy. He's done the best he can with the situation. And I can just tell you that an outing like that does not go unnoticed within a clubhouse. It matters to guys in there. They know that it is a thankless job, but that what he did was saving a bunch of other arms so that they can now pitch in some more competitive games moving forward. Offensively for the Nats in this 7-3 loss to the Dodgers on Sunday afternoon, nine hits, two walks, four for 14 with runners in scoring position. All nine of the hits were singles. Uh, We did not have C.J. Abrams playing in this game. He's gotten some off days here lately, got another one on Sunday afternoon. We had, as the Nats' leadoff batter, though, Jacob Young. And, you know, there weren't many bright spots for the Nats in this game, for sure. But Jacob Young ended up capping off a really nice series for himself. He was the leadoff batter, and he performed like a leadoff batter in this game, Young as the Nats starting center fielder and number one batter, two for four with an infield single, another single and a walk. And he went a uh, C.J. Abrams-like two for two on stolen bases. Uh, Young in the Nats, one run six, a two out bases loaded RBI infield single to the left side of the infield on a one-two pitch to cut the Nats deficit to 7-3. There was not much happening for the Nats offensively in this game. Like we said, this was kind of a, you know, a ho-hum game, a game in which, you know, you almost got the sense like guys are just kind of playing it out to get on to the next day with the Nats now having just 19 games left in the regular season. But, you know, a guy who we have talked about, Jacob Young, looking good. His on-base percentage now for the Nats over 52 plate appearances is a uh, rather impressive 380. He's making things happen, and uh, he was one of the Nats' better batters over all three games in this series. He has quietly put together an 11-game hitting streak and a 13-game on-base streak, and that's nothing to to scoff at. I mean, for a kid in the big leagues for the first time and getting a chance to play and and a few times here in the leadoff spot, he's done a really nice job. And we haven't even talked about his defense, which has been spectacular in center field. Dave Roberts afterwards was raving about the Nationals' outfield defense across the board. They had a great weekend out there, and and you know it made a difference on the win on Saturday. The rest of them. Not so much. But what's ironic is you're not really necessarily talking about the big name guys or the ones who you think are going to be here in the long term, or at least who you pencil in for that. It's Jacob Young. It's Jacob Liu. It's Travis Blankenhorn. Lane Thomas is obviously a part of this. But there was some tremendous defense played out there in the outfield all weekend. And I would put Young at the top of that list. 
it's too small a sample to really know what we're dealing with here. But I will say this. We know he can run. It seems like he can play center field with the best of them. If he can just show that he can get on base with any kind of consistency, there's going to be a spot for him in some kind of role. And that's been a very pleasant surprise from someone that most of us didn't really know much about and who it's easy to to gloss over because of all the other big name outfield prospects. He was the one who was ready. Now he gets a head start over everyone else and he's making the most of this opportunity. It's a cool deal because here's a guy, 2021 seventh round pick out of Florida. You always love stories like that. A guy who isn't supposed to necessarily be good ends up being good. It means something even more with this organization because of the futility when it comes to draft picks, period, but especially non-first round picks. I mean, he by far has been the most impressive of the position players recently brought up from AAA Rochester to play for the Nats, and it's been a lot of fun to watch him. Hey guys, it's Al Galdi here to tell you about another great deal being offered right now by Window Nation to listeners of the Nats Chat Podcast. Window Nation is offering you even more. When it comes to new windows, Window Nation always gives you more, but now Window Nation is giving you even more, more. (laughs) The more windows that you buy, the more that you save up to 50% off, plus a lot more. Pay nothing for two full years. Another amazing deal on the great windows that Window Nation can provide to listeners of the Nats Chat Podcast. Save up to 50% with the purchase of a house of windows. You know, even given what has been happening with interest and mortgage rates, Window Nation still is keeping 0% interest for two years. Upgrade the look and value of your home. Save big money on your energy bills with great Window Nation windows. You know, Window Nation has installed nearly 2 million windows with a 96% perfection rating, making Window Nation one of the top window companies in the country. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com and tell Window Nation that you want the great deal that you heard about from Al Galdi on the Nats Chat Podcast. Again, the more windows that you buy, the more that you save, up to 50% off, plus you pay nothing for two full years. If you have been thinking about getting new windows, this is the deal on which to capitalize. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Dot com And make sure that you tell Window Nation that Al Galdi from the Nats Chat Podcast sent you. Are you looking for tickets to an upcoming event? That's why you should download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code NATSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. You get cheaper tickets and it helps the podcast a bit. Sounds like a smooth 643 double play. Again, create an account and redeem the code NATSCHAT for $20 off. Terms apply. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The one-two from Vessia. Swinging a slow ground ball left side. Tough chance coming in Taylor. He gloves. He will not make a throw. And all hands are safe. Garcia scores. And the Dodgers lead cut to 7-3. to three. An RBI infield hit. And that's the fifth RBI for Jacob Young. We did see the Lane Thomas home run streak come to an end. Lane, on Sunday afternoon, was the right fielder. So coming off the three-game absence caused by back tightness, he returned on Saturday night, but was the Nats starting DH for that game, starting right fielder for this game, but did go 0 for 5. So the uh, four-game home run streak came to an end. 
And, you know, in talking about some of these guys recently called up from AAA Rochester, we haven't mentioned this guy's name in a while, and that's because he hasn't been doing much. Carter Keeboom. So he on Sunday afternoon as the Nats starting third baseman and number eight batter did go one for four with a single. But Keeboom in the 8-5 loss on Friday night had the uh, golden sombrero 0 for four with four strikeouts. You know, he had those initial home runs, but the last uh, few weeks now for Keeboom, just not a lot going on. It is kind of eerily similar to when he first came up in 2019. Home runs early, you know, makes an instant impact. But then beyond that, not much. And you're kind of seeing that same path be paved right now by Carter Keeboom. This is his shot, maybe his last true good shot with the Nats at the major league level. And uh, at least lately, it's not going so well. And it's why you have to be careful not to jump to any conclusions too soon, good or bad. It was a great first week for him back here. Since then, there really has not been a lot to talk about. Although I actually think his defense has been pretty good, better than I thought it would be for a guy coming back from Tommy John surgery. But, you know, ultimately it's about can he hit at this level or not? And he is not showing right now. And, you know, it'd be one thing if he was hitting scorching line drives and high exit velocities and just had some bad luck. But it feels more like that weak contact again, some rough at bats, the strikeouts, as you mentioned. Again, it's still not enough to really gather a lot. But Unfortunately, this is somebody who comes in with some preconceived notions about him from what we've seen over several years. And it's a small window of opportunity here in September that he has to make his case one last time. Great start has not been since. He's essentially got three more weeks to try to salvage that and leave everybody with a good taste in their mouths. And if not, I think you go into the offseason and you're not necessarily thinking of him as part of the plan moving forward in 2024. Next up for the Nats is a seven-game road trip, beginning with a four-game series at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Game one, Monday evening at 6.35. Patrick Corbin will be the Nats' starting pitcher. Game two, Tuesday evening, 6.35. Yoanda Doan will be the Nats' starting pitcher. Game three, Wednesday evening, 6.35. The Nats' starting pitcher is a TBA to be announced. And then game four, Thursday afternoon, 12.35, Josiah Gray will be the Nats' starting pitcher. So some extra rest time for Josiah Gray. In theory, pitching in Game 4 of a series at the Lowly Pirates uh, is a uh, you know soft landing spot for a guy who's been struggling lately, so maybe that helps to get Gray on track. But uh, what do you think about that? I guess, what, three extra days of rest for Gray prior to this next start? So three extra days from where his start would line up, but remember, they also had two off days last week, so it's really five. It's the equivalent of skipping a start. And I think that is by design that it works out that way. He looked like he could use it. They've done it with others here. I think this is all a calculated move on their part. He's kind of limping to the finish line after a great first half. They would love for him to finish strong. They want him to finish the year. They do not want to shut him down. They want him to build up a few more innings and hopefully have a couple of starts that make him feel good about what you know should be thought of as a positive step for him this year, except for the fact that it, it has taken a downturn here in the second half. So hopefully the, the rest does him some good facing a, you know, hopefully advantageous lineup in Pittsburgh. And then as far as the Wednesday start goes, it is TBA. That would be Mackenzie Gore's spot. Obviously he's on the IL. He's done. They're not saying anything yet. They're probably not going to say anything until Tuesday. It would seem to me like it's one of two options that they have at AAA currently. One of them is Jackson Rutledge, the 2019 first round pick who was scratched from a start the other night. They have not said anything about why that happened. Being very coy about it, that lends me to believe that maybe they do believe that he's ready for this. If it's not him and they still want to wait a little bit longer on him, Thaddeus Ward, the Rule 5 pick, 
has been stretched out as a starter on technically a rehab assignment while coming back from a shoulder injury. We are going to see him, I'm pretty sure, here before the end. So he would be the other possibility for that. So I think it's going to be one of those two. They're both lined up where they could do it if they were called upon. My hunch is we actually see both of them here before the season's over. I think it makes total sense to give Ward a look. I think Rutledge is kind of the interesting discussion of, is he ready? Is he not ready? Internally, I'm sure they have that decided. But you think they'll have both guys make starts, huh? What I should say is, as long as Rutledge is healthy and, you know, a guy who's had injury problems, you know, they're watching his workload as well. If, for whatever reason, he didn't make that last start because something wouldn't feel right, then no, of course, they're not going to call him up. But if physically he's fine, I think even if it was for only one start, what the sense I've gotten is that people in the organization do believe he's ready, physically, mentally, everything else. And it's not quite the same, but it reminds me a little bit of, you know, Yoan Adon making that start on the final day of the season in 2021, just as a chance to reward the kid and give him something to shoot for this offseason going into spring training to say, hey, you made it to the big leagues. Let's see how you did here. We want to consider you as a part of our future. So if he's feeling all right, I would guess that we will see him before this is over. Well, that would be exciting. Add some juice to this Nat season as we uh, wrap things up here down the stretch. This installment of the Nat Chat Podcast brought to you by ShirtGood. Make sure that you visit ShirtGoodHQ.com, a great selection of custom DC novelty t-shirts. Hit us up on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. You can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. We always love uh, hearing from you. If you would like to sponsor the show, we'd love to hear from you too. Contact Tim Shomers again. That email address is natschatpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website that we invite you to check out, natschatpodcast.com, at which you can buy a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. A thank you to Tim Newmark for the Nats Chat Podcast music. Visit timnewmark.com. For Mark Zuckerman, I'm Al Galdi. We thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. And deals home. Pitch is swung on and lifted to left center field. It's well struck. Cruz and Hassel on the run. Cruz into the slide. Makes the catch in left center. Scott advances from second to third. 